When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Any good stories from the road? Pipe up. I wish we'd gotten seen a little bit more out of our punter. I'm starting to puke. It makes my stomach hurt. Yeah. I thought he was going to die. I'm starting to throw up in my mouth a little bit. He's on the probiotics. Is Georgia playing the 1985 Bears this weekend or what? A lot of Todd, Todd, Todd talk. Rat poison proof. They're mon geese. We will not be hunted at the University of Georgia. I can promise you that. The hunting that we do will be done from us going the other direction. Well, this is the game that we've been looking forward to for uh, it feels like the whole season now, guys. Jake Rowe, Palmer Toms, back from Duval County. Guys, uh, let's just start right there. Georgia got the big 42-20 win over the Gators. And now we can finally talk in earnest about Georgia taking on Tennessee. Yeah, stub toe there in the third quarter. Otherwise, a dominant performance uh, from Georgia. I mean, you look uh, – you look at the first two quarters, you look at the final quarter, I believe you would find a 35-3 to beatdown in those quarters. Uh, you look at the third quarter, and Florida won that one 17-7. So, you know, Georgia's got to figure out a way um, to play its best football when its best football is needed. And what I mean by best is clean, because when Georgia plays clean football, um, it, you know, I said this on stat on the, uh, on the post game last night, Wes, nine turnovers this season, eight of them have come in the three games where Georgia has given up at least 20 points. Um, the only competitive stretches of Georgia's 2022 schedule this year have come when they've turned the ball over. I think Tennessee can be competitive turnover or not. I think Tennessee will, will spank Georgia's behind if Georgia gets out there and goes, uh, minus two or minus three in the turnover margin. Uh, and and that's that's the story. Um, so it's going to be an interesting matchup. Tennessee's got some questions it's got to answer. Listen, I know Rocky Top's buzzing, and I've enjoyed watching that team. I really have. Like, I've enjoyed watching, um, you know, the excitement they bring to the table. But Tennessee hadn't done it quite like it's going to have to do on Saturday, road, crazy environment. Um, you know, assuming Georgia doesn't fumble the opening kickoff and take the crowd out of it like LSU did. Um, but uh, really ready for this one, ready for it. Yeah. Um, you know, like Jake said, those three quarters uh, compared to the one quarter, um, two completely different teams. And Georgia is still looking to play uh, a complete game. I think, you know, I, I asked, uh, you know, in rest and react and kind of thought about this. How much rest did you time? get, Palmer? Say what? How much rest did you get? Well, I'll, I'll confess. I wrote the rest and react before I went to bed. Jake wow. was asleep. Uh, so there was no rest. It was strictly just reaction. To, just it was react, a react, huh? It was, it was a sleep deprived reaction. Um, <laughs> I, must, I must confess, but um, it's all good. Yeah, wanted to get that done uh, before we hit the road today. And, you know, that drive back from Jacksonville, not sure, spotty connection oh, here and there. So figured best to just knock all the work out last night uh, and, and relax in the car. 
Um, <clears throat> but I did write in that um, rest and react. When was the last time Georgia played a four quarter game? Played strong for all four quarters. I think you're probably going back to. Okay, how about South Carolina? Like, was South Carolina? I haven't gone back and looked at that box score in a while. Was that a full fourth quarter effort? Oregon? I, I, I don't I think mean, so. I mean, I would probably go back to Oregon because uh, I, maybe I, Vanderbilt. I mean, fifty-five. Yeah, I, I did say you know that game withstanding. When do you think the last time Georgia played four quarters was? And and I think it was South Carolina. So that or excuse me, I think it was Oregon. That game was in September. Georgia's next game is in November. Uh, you know, we, we're talking about, you know, two completely different teams now. Georgia is still in search of a complete game here. Uh, and, and like Jake said, they're going to need to play their best uh, at, at, you know, in its, on the biggest stage. Kirby Smart said after that Kent State game, uh, you know, one of those games in between here, that if they do turn the ball over several times like they did then, like they did yesterday – uh, you're going to find out and, and uh, you know, figure out how, you know, it's, it's that F around, find out, uh, <laughs> F, F around, figure out scale right there. Um, you know, yeah, Georgia, people, people figure out, people will yeah, figure out. Yeah, if, you don't want to figure if, out the bad way, the hard way. If they F around and they turn the ball over, there's there's they're going to figure out and there, there's a price to pay. Um, you know, that price is greater with the better quality team you play. And, uh, you know, they're certainly playing one of the best teams on Saturday. So that yeah, uh, they're, you they're can't really good. be making those mistakes. They're really good. Um, our followers are, are even better, though. And uh, if you want to join the crew, go ahead and hit subscribe on the Dogs HQ YouTube channel. It's a red button down there in the bottom right corner of this YouTube channel, whether you're watching it live or watching on a replay. Uh, this show is among our most popular things that we do other than Kirby Smart's press conferences every given week. So I uh, appreciate y'all keeping the comment section hot. Uncle Glenn Hartley, Andy Stowe, Tomahawk Dog uh, carrying their load tonight. Bunch of go dogs in there. Andy Stowe says Georgia should have won 55 to 10. Uh, Tomahawk Dog, I actually beat Uncle Glenn. Dumb luck. I, I saw that really quickly. I thought I was going to have to censor the comment there. Uh, but no, it was all in good fun with Tomahawk Dog, and uh, Tomahawk Dog also saying that it's going to take a lot of bad to take the Georgia crowd out. And Kirby Smart urging Georgia's crowd. I'm going to pull up the tweet here, but he said, "If your voice is still intact by the end of this Georgia-Tennessee game, then you haven't yelled enough, guys." When you think about Georgia home crowds. This game coming up historically could be the biggest ever at Sanford Stadium. It should be the one of the best ever. I mean, that's, that's just all there is to it. It should be one of the best ever because this is this is a game that you don't really get to see played in your home stadium very often. I mean, it's just you know, you got a you got a, such a small chance of playing it, period. Then you've got the whole 50 50 from there to figure out whether you get, you know, or or not even 50 50, you know, 33% chance of whether you're going to play at a neutral site, home or away. I mean, it's just, guys, this is going to be one versus two. Like it's going to be one versus two. Uh, it you know, is. I, I believe that. I mean, I'm talking, to, but uh, 
those rankings won't get cited anymore. I mean, you right. know, that's you know the the college football rank is going to be, and I honestly think Georgia is going to be number two in its own home stadium. Yep. And 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 Georgia should. I mean, listen, if you're a Georgia fan, you need to be down on one knee, you know, po- you know, doing the doing the end zone prayer that the guys used to do to the football gods. If that happens, if Tennessee gets ranked number one and Georgia's number two coming into this game, that'll add an extra chip to Georgia's shoulder. Guys, I can't wait for it. Like, I'm so excited just to go ahead and see it happen, um, you know, just because I know that I'm going to get to see a rare football game inside Saver Stadium. And and I'm glad we get to see it. And I know this is completely a complete aside. Okay, they're changing the press box at Sanford Stadium Okay, yes. here in the next two or three years. And they're going to kind of be in the corner. We're still on the 50, but yeah, right now y'all have the sweet view. Yeah. And I mean S U I T E and S W E E. Yeah, we have the we have that open air 50 yard line club level suite. It's gonna be loud. It's gonna be crazy. And I'm I'm really excited about it. And listen, I Tennessee's got all my respect. I don't know who I'm gonna pick in this game. I really don't. Tennessee's got all my respect. I think Tennessee can can you know, shell shock Georgia on Saturday. I really believe it can. And I can't wait to get into this game and look a little bit more at Tennessee than what I've seen in real time. Um, but but this get this to get back to the crowd, this doesn't happen every day. And Georgia fans need to relish it and then they need to do their part because you know that's that's what can help Georgia win this game. If you don't think Tennessee was helped winning last, you know, last night against Kentucky or was helped to beat Alabama that way. Or Florida that way, you're sadly mistaken. Neyland came rocking, and Georgia fans yeah. uh, are probably going to do the same. Neyland is back. When you look at the matchups from the last few years, Arkansas comes in. That was a top 10, top 15 matchup, I want to say. 10. They were number eight. Noon um, game. But that was, a, yeah, early in the day, okay? And, but, but the crowd showed up. That was nasty. I mean, it I watched did. that from television. And then uh, Notre Dame a few years ago. With the light show was huge, but that wasn't a top five. I mean, this is top two, top three, like y'all said. That hasn't happened since 1983 when Auburn came to Athens and Auburn actually got the win. Uh, but this matchup will be even higher than that. And yeah, uh, when you look at that Notre Dame crowd, that's what I'm referring to, and that's what I'm kind of leaning on for Georgia's crowd. That's what I expect. And you know, over the past decade, the past 15 years. Uh, I don't know that Sanford has necessarily been that crowd. It's not necessarily been that stadium where people feared coming into play. Have Georgia's teams given the crowds a lot of reasons to be loud? Absolutely. Uh, that LSU game in 2013 is one that yeah. a lot of people say was the loudest they can remember. And Yeah, that's the one I was thinking and about. I think too. so, too. Um, but this this could be something else. Yeah, Clemson 14 got a little crazy, too. Um, that one was – you know, but but I do think that you know Georgia's crowds have affected opponents. Um, no it doubt. wasn't even a marquee matchup, but it was a full house. It was a full house in 2016 when Auburn rolled in, ranked I believe number nine in the country, went out, beat Alabama, get into the SEC championship game. Maybe they're in the playoff picture. Georgia <clears throat> beats them in a 13 to seven game or 13 to 10 game, something like that. Got a pick six from Maurice Smith. Yep. That one was crazy, too. Um, you know, I remember the 14 Georgia-Auburn game when when Todd Gurley came back, ran back to open Oof. a touchdown and got yeah. called back. That was probably one of the most electric moments in the history of that stadium uh, that Georgia should have some more of those moments, win or lose, on Saturday. 
let's take a look back at Florida before we get too far ahead of ourselves. We will obviously bang this Georgia-Tennessee drum a lot this week coming up on our Wednesday show and all the content y'all put out on dogshq.com. But Tomahawk Dog asking for an update or updates, I should say, on Nolan Smith, uh, Darius, uh, Marius Mims, other injuries. You know, we'll hear from Kirby on Monday. Um, but what are any of the early indications y'all have on some of those? No surgery for Dar- for uh, Marius Mims. Um, it's not, from what I understand, a major, major structural injury. I mean, he may miss a few weeks, but when I say major, I'm not talking about, you know, we're, we're talking about a season or two from now in terms of, you know, spring, summer, fall before he's able to return. Uh, he should be back before the end of the season. Again, no surgery. Not hearing such great things on Nolan Smith, though. I did say after the game that that looked more precautionary. As of right now, I don't have a confirmation on what exactly he's dealing with. But based on what I'm hearing, I do expect him to miss multiple games. And that includes the Tennessee game. And honestly, that's a big one. That is a massive, massive blow for Georgia. It is going to need to get some guys like Marvin Jones and – and MJ Sherman and Chaz Chambliss and Robert Beal ready to play a high number of snaps this coming week, maybe Michael Williams as well, if Nolan Smith is unable to go. And right now, I would say he's probably not going to play um, against Florida. I don't have anything up on Darius Smith. I have not heard um, anything on him. Um, but, you know, hopefully we'll get to talk to Kirby tomorrow and we'll get a full rundown of injuries. But Georgia did get Jalen Carter back, and I was very interested to see Palmer's story tonight. 20, 20 snaps yeah. for Jalen Carter in his first game back. He hadn't played that many snaps since the season opener, guys. Yeah, that, that's more than I think any of us expected. I blew my mind. What a warrior. And, dude, I was watching I was watching some extended highlights before we came on the podcast. I don't know if you noticed. I think it was second play he got in the game. He got a pressure. Anthony Richardson dumps it off to a running back. Jalen Carter chases him for 30 yards. You know, I mean, it's – wow. He's back in there, you know. Some, some, uh, you know. Kirby talks about the hunted. Some, some, some dogs to hunt, man. They only know one speed, and it seems like Jalen Carter might be that kind of guy. I saw the play Stackhouse had too, uh, a hustle play on Richardson. Yeah, I'd um, love to know his GPS, you know, uh, mileage traveled on that play. Yeah, no doubt. He ran around. He ran around the whole field. Hmm. I'll add this on that Nolan injury. Um, you know, just in terms of how big it is. It's not just big on the field. It's it's big from a leadership standpoint, too, because this is a guy that, that has been a vocal leader, uh, an emotional leader for this team, for this defense, you know, and an older guy on a group of, of young guys on that side of the ball. Um, it's it's going to be big. And, and I think look at this as an opportunity for, uh, you know, a, a Jamon Dumas Johnson to step up as a leader, um, you know, already is a big leader, but to take another step. Uh, a Jalen Carter <clears throat> coming back off of that injury. Um, you know, he's not necessarily known for being a big vocal leader, um, but, you know, maybe he, he you know, sees his, his impact that he had this past Saturday, uh, you know, knows that Nolan isn't there and, and takes it upon himself to, uh, you know, step up as a leader. Uh, and, and a guy like Robert Beal, um, you know, we've talked about him, big beefy uh, as, as the team <laughs> refers to him. Um, you know, just these guys understand Nolan, especially, um, you know, having talked to him after a lot of these games, they understand that their days are limited in Athens. These guys, I mean, Bill being a, 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 you know, super senior, uh, you know, this is his last year. He doesn't have another year of eligibility, even if he wanted it. Nolan Smith 
he's going to the draft after this year. Um, these guys know how many days that they have left. They know how many games they have left. And they understand that the, the opportunities to get in front of a crowd like this at Sanford Stadium are limited. So I think that you're going to see um, you're, you're going to see some players come out and play passionate on Saturday. And, and I would hope that Robert Beal would be one of those uh, getting a bigger opportunity. Yeah, it's this game and it's the tech game. I mean, how many more opportunities you think you're going to get to do something special. Uh, certainly not a crowd like this one. Um, staying in that Florida game, guys, the injuries, not an ideal outcome for Georgia in the game. It's not what you wanted going in. We're coming out of that one. Uh, how about Stetson Bennett? Speaking of guys that don't have a lot of opportunities left with the G on the helmet, I chopped wood about it last week, and I still – it's just a ceiling and floor thing with Stetson right? The floor has got to be higher in these games where they need it to be higher. The ceiling, as Michael Jordan said, the ceiling is the roof on Stetson Bennett. It's crazy. Some of the throws he can make, uh, his ability to scramble and and weasel out of some of these pressures. Um, But if his floor is where it was against Florida, I just don't know if Georgia's getting everything it, it needs to get. Uh, in a matchup like Tennessee. Maybe I'm just being too pessimistic. No, Wes, I see what you're saying. And, I I mean, you're right. It's just – my thing is, is like I went – I always try to go back and look at Stetson because, golly, does some squirrely stuff just happens when he's a quarterback. It seems like it happens so often. It happens so fast, too. Yeah, know? yeah, it does. They move and, so fast. You know, you look down at the box score and you see a 300-yard passer and you see two touchdowns, you see two interceptions – you realize that one of those interceptions was not even remotely his fault. I wrote I wrote in the recap of last night's quick hitter show that his stat line was an actual metaphor. Like he yeah. was 50% completions, two touchdowns, two picks. One of the touchdowns was fluky. One of them was well-designed. One of his picks was fluky, and one of them was a legit pick. Like it was yeah. the ultimate Jekyll and Hyde stat line. It was, and and then you throw on top of it, he had three. He had you know three, two or three, probably three drops. He probably had three balls that maybe could have been picked. Um, you know, it was it. It kind of all balances out to kind of a very average, you know, not great, not bad game. You know, ultimately, I just think as long as the floor is not throwing in, throwing interceptions or putting the football on the ground, I think Georgia's fine. I mean, I think we've learned that is, you know, again, you go out there to Kent, you go against Kent State and you turn it over three times, you beat them by 17 points and never really was super competitive. Um, You go to Missouri, you turn it over twice, um, you know, both times, you know, kind of giving it to Missouri in, in, you know, plus territory, I believe. Um, Big deal. You know, can't do that. Um, and then you you go to uh, you do the same thing as Florida, basically turn it over twice in one quarter, uh, ten points off of that. You know, see that's where it, that's where it comes in is like you can control you can control you know kind of an aspect of of taking care of the football. And if you respect the football, then you don't compound problems. You don't give a team another chance to catch you in a busted coverage like Florida did and do that. And so I think you know when you put it all together. Georgia has to take out those momentum builders that it's giving to other teams in primarily just the three games that it's, you know, been the most competitive or, or seen the most sweat basically 
Um, and, and if it can do that, it's going to be just fine. It's just, a, it's just a matter of can Stetson take the turnovers off of his floor? And, and if that's the, if he can, then I think George is going to be, you know, George is going to win. George is going to beat Tennessee. But, you know, you just can't really bet on that. You don't know which one's going to show up. And you've yeah. seen how poorly this team can respond to turning the ball over. Not that the defense just plays poorly every time it gets turned over. Two of the times, I mean, they allowed nothing, a field goal, and a touchdown. So they did a little bit of everything after the yeah. turnovers. Well, that was that was kind of the thing. Uh that reared its head was just the the aspect of it being a rivalry game look at how much everything changed after that fourth down by penalty when bear alexander ran into ar-15 last night i mean that was the wildest turn of events after that that's when the cocktail party really got weird it did um well uh speaking of stetson bennett and brock bowers uh let's take a look at our friends at breaking tea uh, they got some pretty sweet deals going on over there. We mention them every week because we trust them. We like what they're doing. And uh, we know that they are creating pretty solid product. If you need a new Georgia T-shirt, I know there's only a few games left. You might be uh, looking for something to put under the tree. Might be looking for something uh, this holiday season. Maybe you need a new shirt in time for Thanksgiving. I don't know. I, maybe that's what you want to do. You want to show up with the new Georgia gear for the family gathering around the table. It's all there for you. Stetson, Brock, Chris Smith, and the Big O, who will definitely want to have a better game against Tennessee than he had against Florida. Check out the link in the episode description of this show. Uh, how about Brock Bowers' catch, guys? Holy smokes. Some people were saying it was lucky. I've watched it. I've watched the loop of it at least – I'd say at least 50 times. And I don't even know if that's like consciously paying attention to it, but I've just, my eyes have seen it loop that many times. And I'm just impressed. And I know it's slowed down, but I'm impressed with how he is focusing on that thing the whole time. I mean, there are a lot of guys who would drop that or not even have the awareness to turn their heads around to look for it. Yeah, it was, there, there was definitely a little bit of luck there. Um, you know, just to bit. have the ball bounce, 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 and and end up in a spot where you know if it, if it bounces in a different way, he's not able to get to it and catch it. It could have turned into an interception, um, which which would have been unfortunate for Georgia uh, in an unfortunate break for Stetson. Yeah, I, I do think a better defender <clears throat> picks that pass for sure. Right, right. And, and so, yeah, there, there certainly was an element of luck, but there also was some skill involved in it. Like you said, the the concentration, the ability to, you know, understand that, hey, I've got to turn this way to get back to the ball because it just bounced this way. Uh, you know, it, it's special. I mean, we, we've talked about that guy not being human. That was a freakish play. Yeah. And, you know, I'll push back on the on the should have been picked thing because, you know, Stetson's sitting there and I kind of I kind of watched this play over and over again early this morning. You're, you're watching the quarterback quarterbacks looking at a guy who's got his back turned to him and he's taught, you know, one on one coverage. You throw it right at guy, that back of that guy's head. Now, Bernie got his head around, I think, while the ball was in flight and he just got, got his head around hand. just in time enough to get one hand up. Yeah. Okay, so, you know, and, and listen, I, I get it. Uh, you know, Gary Danielson said it. You know, if he could have got both hands on it, well, if my aunt, you know, <laughs> right? I mean, you know, I, I get it. 
but you know, you, Gary you, does you, like to deal in the hypothetical. Ah, Lee doesn't he though? And and I do like Gary, um, probably more than most. Um, but if you're looking at this from a mechanic standpoint, you're looking at this from a quarterback standpoint. Okay, the quarterback standing back there, he's looking at Brock Bowers on the wheel route. Guy who's covering Brock Bowers has his back turned to him. Stetson uncorks one. Okay, that's one of the one of the maybe underrated parts of that play is Stetson. I mean, I'm talking about he he that's you know. Zip. I mean, he put some zip on it. He took a button off and just went bananas. And so he goes in and Bernie turns around and he's only able to get one hand up at that time because the ball's on him so quick and makes a good play. I mean, he makes a heck of a defensive play. It's just a matter. <laughs> and if he's it's, an, it's inch almost like, or an inch taller, the ball yeah. doesn't glance off his helmet perfectly yeah. for Brock either. It's almost like, I mean, it was similar to the prayer at Jordan Hare. Like, I mean, everybody yeah. wants to talk about bat it down, bat it down. Wasn't even really a Hail Mary situation. Obviously, you don't want to tip it up. But, you know, it's not like that was the most horrible defensive play ever made no. by Josh Harvey Clemens to come all the way over there and do what he did on that play. It just happened that way. And it was just flukish. And that touchdown was flukish. That interception was flukish. And, uh, you know, I, I mean, maybe it all evened out. Maybe it didn't. George was definitely the better team on Saturday, though. Well, and, and Kirby said it, it felt like a little bit of karma there. Um, you know, the, the, he cited the – uh, the the Darnell, Darnell ball. that that it, pass should have been a touchdown too. Could have been right. yeah, and, and man, you want to talk about the happiest man in the stadium, ex Georgia Bulldog Jalen Kimber, because he was standing right there in the uh, in the line of fire. Should yeah. Brock Bowers? I mean, I uh, should Darnell Washington have called that football? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's not the matchup you like. I don't like his chances there. Um, uh, we always do dog stocks on Sunday and we'll get to our dog stock Sunday in a minute, but, uh, in the comments right now, a couple offensive points that I, I don't want to, uh, glance over here. Andy Stowe wondering about the lack of called quarterback runs for Stetson. Um, maybe just, maybe that's just a body preservation thing, but I'll let y'all handle that one. And then the lad McConkey. I mean, it is what it is. He's just not as sharp this season. I don't know how much there is to really say about it, but uh, if y'all want to address either one of those two things or both of them. Listen, I know Lad's had some drops. I completely disagree with somebody needs his snaps. A hey, Lad makes plays. Um, he's He's got the most targets on this football team right now. Um, and, and, again, he's had some drops. I think four, maybe five of them this year. He's muffed a punt, lost one. He's he's handled punts very well other than that one. I mean, I think he had another muff that he didn't lose. I think folks need to punt the brakes a little bit there. Lab McConkie's still a very valuable piece of this football team who makes very big plays when Georgia needs them. And, um, you know, he's, he's one of Georgia's best outside weapons on this football team. I mean, there's just no two ways around it. Um, and uh, – you know, so and and I do a simple answer on the Stetson thing, and and I'll toss it to Palmer. But uh, I, I honestly believe there that was kind of a hey, let's get out of this Florida game without getting Stetson hit very often. Um, let's let's see if we can get him out here. And and honestly, huge development in that game. Stetson's jersey was clean, and that is massive. That's huge for the, for the for the Tennessee game. So I think that was definitely by design, the, the lack of quarterback runs, and I think you'll probably see a few of them against Tennessee. Yeah, I mean, you know, the offensive line played well, so credit to them, um, you know, for keeping Stetson's jersey clean. Like you said, with with a couple of design runs, he had a couple last year against Tennessee that worked out pretty well. Um, believe that he had his only rushing touchdown of the year against them. 
Um, could be wrong there. Um, going back to Ladd, but well, one more point on Stetson. I also would imagine that with him coming off of, uh, you know, some, some being a little bit banged up, having his shoulder, um, you know, be hit around. You don't want to, you know, deal with that. You, you don't want to, you know, put him at a risk where, uh, you know, if if he's getting hit, you know, something could feel funky and and you know, you're, you're he's not good to go. Um, so definitely, uh, you know, not just for Tennessee, not just for this, this coming week, you want him healthy for the postseason. You, you want him healthy for this stretch run. Um, so, you know, Georgia's going to have to do, you know, with, with, with the level of competition that they're playing this week, you, you can't save up anymore. You're, you're, you gotta go, you know, empty, empty your bag of tricks here. Um, so, you know, they may have to run Stetson, but, you, you, you definitely don't want to put him at risk. Um, quick note on Ladd, and, and I definitely do agree with Percy here that AD's presence makes it easier for Ladd. AD's presence makes it easier for him. It makes it easier for everybody. Yep. Um, did y'all notice how many snaps Ladd played? I didn't take a look at I it. I believe he played uh, 70, didn't he? 70. Is wow. it is it just me or is that insane for a wide receiver? Yeah, that's that's incredible, and that's why Georgia needs Lad McConkey. Everybody can complain about a drop, and listen, you don't need to be dropping past Brock Bowers. I mean, sorry, Darnell Washington dropped Darnell twice as many as Lad off game. Yeah, okay, he dropped twice as many as Lad, and that's two out of Brock, two out of Darnell's last two games. He had one game with thirty or forty-five yards worth of illegal blocking penalties, mm. and he had another one with two drops. I don't hear anybody saying Darnell Washington shouldn't be in the game, okay? And and they they're not saying that because Darnell Washington they they remember the the good plays that he made. Well, I remember Lad punt returns against Auburn, punt return against Vanderbilt, uh, making some plays against Florida. Lad McConkey's fine. He's he's probably going to drop another pass or two, but he's also a guy that separates and makes some you know makes some third down catches and and is one of the guys that kind of helps bail Stetson out sometimes. Well, and and when you're on the field as much as he is, just law of averages, you're bound to make more mistakes than somebody that's not on the field as much. That's that's a good point too. Um, more you're out there, more likely you are to screw something up. Uh, guys, my dog stock is pretty simple. We already touched on it uh, earlier in the show. I'm saying stock up on Sanford Stadium's crowd as being an SEC crowd that you need to fear. And there's no better time to put that on display than against Tennessee this week. Uh, go ahead and get ready. It, it's like a it's like a total psychological all week preparation thing. Kirby Smart has given the crowd one job to do, and it's to be as loud as you can. And I think that that scene between the hedges on Saturday, no matter what happens in the game, when it kicks off. It is going to be otherworldly in that stadium, and uh, I, I just I don't know that Tennessee, this version of Tennessee, has seen anything like it. I'm not saying they're not ready for it. I'm not saying they're not a good team, and it's going to knock them out of the game. But the facts are, they played LSU while people were still eating breakfast jambalaya. You know, this is going to be a 3:30 drinking your lunch through a bourbon and coke straw in this crowd. Uh, in Athens on Saturday. And it's not anything that the Vols have gone up against. This offense runs how it runs, spreads the field out. We get it, and we're going to get into that. And, you know, we're going to get into whoever will replace Nolan Smith and how the dogs can 
you know, find a way to rush the passer without him. We'll talk about that ad nauseum all week because I think it's storyline 1A. It, it is the most important thing. But the one thing that you can guarantee and one thing you can control if you're a Georgia fan is how loud it's going to be in there. And I can't wait to hear it. So stock up on Dooley Field at Sanford Stadium. I fully expect uh, madness. And uh, I think Georgia fans are capable of it. I'm stock up on the city of Jacksonville because hey, what, man? They're 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 breaking out the big guns. I don't know. You see that right there? <laughs> I saw I saw Seth Emerson tweeted out a pretty snarky tweet. Here's the here's the here's the key <laughs> to it though. Since 1933, okay, we know what this is all about. And Jacksonville, I'm for hire. Okay, I'm I'm can be bought. Um, I prefer cold, hard cash, but I'll take this, you know, like I'll take that. I mean, I, I'd love a good polo or a computer bag. I'm good with those two. Conrad uh, Fink is rolling but, but over in his grave. For the podcasters, okay, for the podcasters, I'm showing like a metal uh, mug here right now that we got. I love it. I think it's nice. I haven't even used it yet, and I love it. Um, but, uh, yeah, and and not only that, Wes, I don't know how many times you went up into that press box at – TIA slash Everbank slash Gator Bowl. I remember it always smelled like burning coffee beans because well, the... uh, they actually had edible food up there this time, Wes. Oh, really? It Mike wasn't. Said. It wasn't. It was not a soy Bubba burger or um, a red hot dog. It wasn't just a bag of Oscar Mayer wieners. Correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It wasn't a lunchable this time, or or some sort of uh, you know some of that individually wrapped cereal. It was. It was. Uh, it was actually like some. Like some pot roast and gravy and cafeteria. whatever. I didn't eat it, but uh, um, they had edible food up there. So city of Jacksonville bringing out the big guns, luring us the best way they know how with free gifts and food. Um, yeah. Probably not going to help you. I'm not making a decision. <laughs> it's probably not going to help. Uh, Palmer, what's in your portfolio tonight? Yeah, I'll go. I'll go stock up on Georgia's defensive line. Um, we, we talked about the impact that Jalen Carter had. Um, you know, yeah, really, really think that we we can't even express it enough. Um, you know, just the, the his ability to go out there and play twenty snaps really blew me away. Um, and uh, I mean, especially considering how doubtful it sounded that he was going to you know be able to play uh from kirby's tone earlier in the week um you know so for him to go out there play 20 snaps for him to push his way back to be with this team at, at a crucial stretch in the season um that said a lot to me about him but also you know as, as you look at uh you know what this group has done without him they've handled themselves pretty well warren brinson zion Logue, nazir stackhouse all playing 34 plus snaps uh, and and handling themselves very well. Uh, we've talked about Brinson on here quite a bit. Nazir Stackhouse had himself, uh, you know, one of his best games of his career on Saturday. Uh, led that defensive line in tackles, five tackles on the day, two solo, half a tackle for loss, quarterback hurry. Um, so stock up on the Georgia D line. Um, and they're going to need uh, this this D line to play very well because um, you know everybody w wants to talk about Tennessee's passing game. Well, they can run the ball very well too, and and that's kind of what uh, it gets the things going for them. It's their bread and butter. It's it's what Kirby Smart has talked about the most about this team. Said uh, you know I know you guys don't believe me. You guys, you guys <clears throat> don't believe him, but um, 
you know, th- th- they do run the ball very well. And so Georgia's defensive line, Georgia's linebackers going to have to play very well in this game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, I really can't wait to get into breaking down this game because you're talking about how well they run the ball. And you're not wrong. They do run the ball well, but they run it a lot. They run it a lot yeah. more than you think they do. But they're not as great as you think they are because they're under five yards of carry. They grind out a lot of tough yards, kind of loosen teams up and, and you know, kind of zig when, uh, when defenses zag. Awesome chess match. Can't wait to talk more about it. Yeah, I'm not saying it's smoke and mirrors, but it almost seems like when you look at Tennessee stats for better or for worse for the Vols, there's some sort of caveat. Like their passing defense isn't that bad. They're just defending more passes. It's things we talked about with Georgia's defense in years yeah. past. It's like, uh, well, why are they defending so many passes? It's like Palmer said. And at the end of the day, there. and at the end of the day, you kind of got to pat the guy on the back that says that and say, you know what? Your teams ain't no, buddy. Yeah. Um, you know, <laughs> your teams ain't no, something's working. And we'll see what works between these two teams. But, you know, like you said, when you said it's not I don't want to say it's smoke and mirrors. I just said, Yeah, all you see is reflective glass and burning wood. <laughs> um, so you know, it's uh, something. Yeah, I mean, everybody's got their own way of kind of getting the smoke and mirrors things out there. But it's uh, it's a fascinating offense. Not a whole lot of people run it. Um, it's not like it's the it's not a triple option type deal. It's not like you have to completely uh, play something different. Um, but we're we'll get into it later on. Uh, you know, I, I would I would you know fans of the show go uh, go watch some go watch a little something said you know read up a little bit on Tennessee's offense. We're going to talk about it a little bit yeah. more probably on next show. Yeah, Jake's giving you a little homework. Kirby Smart's giving y'all homework. Jake's giving you homework. You go ahead and get that lemon tea. Give yourself a little bit of uh, pregame warm up. You know, kind of like you have the electrolytes before you go to the cocktail party. Kind of get your voice ready. Get your vocal cords ready too, uh, and maybe drink some electrolytes as well. We're yeah, working and hard. You, and if you need to pick yep. me up, do caffeine. Leave the meth alone, okay? Leave the meth. <laughs> we we don't endorse alone. that here on the Georgia. We do show. not endorse methamphetamines, and we don't endorse. We don't not endorse them like Sam Pittman doesn't endorse beer. We don't use meth. No, you don't use it either. No, it uses you. Yeah. So remember that. It's our PSA uh, here on the Georgia Show at Dogs HQ. Uh, one dollar for one year premium stories. This is free. Somehow the show's free. Uh, I think tonight's our best night of live streaming uh, that we've ever had. So thank you all for that. Go ahead and hit subscribe, but also hit subscribe on all the written exclusive material we have at dogshq.com. These two guys are putting together a lot of actual fact-based stuff. I try to entertain with some jokes to lighten the mood just a little bit because these games can be kind of stressful. And then, of course, we have a ton of premium recruiting news as Georgia continues to stack up amazing recruiting classes year in and year out just to watch the guys that don't play very much transfer somewhere else, like Britton Cox. What a tough night he had. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening each week, and thanks for keeping the comment section fun. Uh, every Sunday night is a treat. We'll be back Wednesday night, as we are every week, 8.30 p.m., right here on the Dogs HQ YouTube channel. For Jake, for Palmer, I'm Wes. Y'all have a great week. We'll do it again soon. Biggest week we've ever known in Georgia football. Y'all take it easy. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. 
More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.